lecture eleven part one of the groundwork of the christian virtues by william bernard ullathorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture eleven on the detestable vice of pride part one the beginning of the pride of man is to fall off from god because his heart is departed from him that made him for pride is the beginning of all sin he that holdeth it shall be filled with maledictions and it shall ruin him in the end ecclesiasticus chapter ten verses fourteen and fifteen as pride is the root of all evil the vice of vices and destruction of the virtues it is the chief enemy of god and of man the right order of every being is its perfection order gives to each being its virtue justness and strength its beauty harmony and value virtue is the moral order that perfects free and intelligent beings destruction is that which breaks up the just order of things and brings it to ruin but what breaks up the just order and destroys the virtues of the soul is pride hence the scripture says that pride goeth before destruction and the spirit is lifted up before a fall proverbs chapter sixteen verse eighteen we have already shown from many points of view that humility is the fundamental law of the rational creature that it holds him in his just and true position that it establishes him in his due relations of dependence on his creator that it founds him on god as his solid firmament that it settles him in just order within himself and that it places him on his due bearings towards his fellow-men but pride contradicts the whole reason of humility and is the most irrational as well as the most destructive of vices it is the most irrational because it is opposed to the whole light of reason whether human or divine for that light springs from the order of truth and justice and pride destroys the order of truth and justice in the rational creature of whom it takes hold the pride of the creature reverses not only the foundation of his nature but of his creation it is not only irrational therefore as all sins are but it is an uncreaturely sin which other sins are not except as they contain in them the malignant venom of pride but he who sins from great pride virtually disowns his creation as the heathens did altogether for he affects to be something great and independent of god beyond his state and measure of a creature lucifer aspired to be like the most high in power and adam in knowledge and all pride has something of this enough to show its descent the proud man does not behave like one whom god has recently created from nothing and whom he may summon to his presence at any hour he acts as though he were not dependent on god and as if what he is and has were not altogether owing to the divine will and bounty he turns from god with the insolence of an upstart forgetting his mean origin and who made him what he is 
and endeavours to establish himself in opposition to his creator he will not have his dominion however benignant he will not have his law however just he will not have his wisdom however divine he will not have his will however much directed to his good he will not have his good although the great good for which he was created for pride is the love of one's own excellence independently of god and when a man trusts to himself and to his self-sufficiency when he commits himself to his own independent resources he separates from god and the more he separates himself the greater is his pride the vice of pride springs up as st augustine observes when a man trusts above all to himself and makes himself the head and principle of life in thus acting he withdraws himself from the fountain of life at which alone he can drink of that justice which is life and he equally withdraws himself from that unchangeable light by partaking of which the rational soul is in a certain way enkindled so as to become herself a created light by this impiety he ascribes to himself what belongs to god and is driven into his own darkness made by his iniquity if the proud man so far forgets himself and the law of his being as to behave as though he were a god rather than a creature how much more unreasonable and absurd will his behaviour appear from the fact that he is a fallen creature whose fall from truth and justice has come of the pride that has already brought him to ruin if pride is utterly disgraceful in the creature it is absolutely shameful in the sinner whose degraded condition ought rather to be clothed with humility than with the fig-leaves of vanity this vice in short is so thoroughly opposed to the nature and condition of man as well as to the rights and claims of god and is so destructive of all spiritual good that god has proclaimed to us this warning in his scripture pride was not made for men ecclesiasticus chapter ten verse twenty two in its general character pride is defined to be an inordinate appetite for one's own greatness but an account of its generation in the soul will much better help our understanding of it than a definition to do this effectually we must take a large scope what is not made for itself but to receive something better is a very imperfect creature until it has received the nobler existence for which it is made a garden made to receive flowers and fruits is not worth the name so long as it grows nothing but weeds a house is made for man and is desolate without his presence our body is made for the habitation of our soul and without the soul it is but corruption the soul is made for the living god whose light and grace prepare her for his inhabitation in the very centre of our soul is an instinct that urges us to seek after the supreme good for which the soul is made and st thomas notes the terrible truth 
that even the lost are not without the sense of that higher good on which our good is founded or they would not have remorse for having neglected it a soul then without the spirit of god is an existence without its object a mere failure from the reason of its existence like a house that is never inhabited or a body that is never animated yet with this grievous difference that the soul without god is conscious of misery and of being herself the cause of her desolation if she is not so conscious it is because of a blindness and insensibility which is the bitter penalty of her sins as a moral or intellectual being again is only perfect as far as the will acts according to the perfection of order and as the rule of that order is founded in the light of that justice which proceeds from god as the eternal justice the soul can only be perfected according to the completeness of her conformity with the eternal law of justice that god reveals in her as that again which is the living image of another can only be perfect in so far as it has the life of that other even so only can the soul be perfected as the very constitution of her nature is an image of god in so far as she possesses the life of god in one word the greatness of the soul is her capacity for god and therefore the degree of her union with god is the real measure of her perfection but the essential condition of each degree of this union is that the creature who receives the blessing be subject to the supreme giver of the blessing for by no strength of our own by no effort made by our mere nature to rise can we ever ascend to union with god who is infinitely above every creature he has made and therefore as saint augustine so frequently remarks for a creature to ascend nearer to god means the same thing as to be more subject to him and it is through that subjection that we ascend beneath his divine majesty and receive the heavenly influences descending into us if then it be the truth of all truths for us that we are made for god who alone can perfect our nature by adding what is divine to it what is it that separates us from god what keeps away from us his gifts by which he desires to perfect us what again is the effect upon us of this separation from god it is of the last importance that we should clearly understand this subject and that we should give it all that patient attention which ensures intelligence it is pride that separates the soul from god the setting up of the soul upon herself the rivalry with god in his own domain of independence the practical assertion of our own sufficiency independently of god the other vices are the stimulants of pride the instruments of pride and the servants of pride but pride itself is the element of revolt and independence in all the vices pride is therefore not only a special but a universal vice it precedes all other sin generates all other sin 
and is the malignant virus in all sin the holy scripture says that pride comes before a fall that pride is the beginning of all sin and that pride is the root of all sin pride not only precedes the other vices in time but is the cause and principle of evil sin is an aversion from god and a conversion to the creature accepted as a good in place of god against all reason and justice and pride is the aversion from god in all sin it is the revolt from subjection to him the arrogance that claims to act in independence of his law and arrogates to be what he is as though one were a god to oneself assigning to oneself the gifts received from god and using them against the rights of god hence the divine wisdom says through ecclesiasticus the beginning of the pride of man is to fall off from god because his heart is departed from him that made him ecclesiasticus chapter ten verses fourteen and fifteen pride begins then by a fall from god into ourselves and continues through that elation by which we swell ourselves into something greater and higher than what in truth we are how is this brought about through self-love for inordinate self-love is the cause of pride here we must explain what inordinate self-love is and how it generates pride but to do this satisfactorily we must first state in what the true love of ourselves consists st augustine asks this question in his book on christian doctrine and he answers that the just love of ourselves consists not in any enjoyment of ourselves as originating from ourselves but in receiving enjoyment from god who is our good when we are enjoined to love our neighbor as ourselves it is in god and for god that we are to love him this then is the order so fruitful in felicity in which we are to love ourselves the love of god is dominant in all true love even in the love of what is inferior to god this is that charity towards our soul and towards other souls and towards all god's creatures which is priceless pure and animated by a divine principle and so we love not alone not even ourselves but the holy spirit by his grace loves also with our love for charity is not of one but of two of god and of ourselves this love of ourselves is the spiritual ground in which is planted the grace and virtue of divine hope and as our soul is not her own good but the recipient of that good for which we hope and pray it is evident that the true love of our soul cannot be separated from the love of god which is the good and salvation of our soul when we reflect on this and on what we have been and on what we now are and on what this charity makes us to be there can be nothing so beautiful nothing so strong nothing so wonderful as this charity of god in a soul that is subject to him 
what the soul loves in herself is her happiness but this happiness she finds not in herself but in the union of her spirit with the good that is unchangeable and therefore as saint augustine remarks in a celebrated sentence that man is the truest lover of himself who devotes his whole life to gaining hold of the unchangeable life and cleaves to god with every affection of his soul he turns not his desires to himself but to him in whom all desires find their contentment and their end but if we only love ourselves truly as far as we direct our love to god our neighbor ought not to be discontented if our love of him repose more on god than on himself such a love ought even to give him greater content because it is that love of charity which is not mere human love but a love that the holy spirit prompts and inspires inordinate self-love excludes the love of god and makes oneself the first and chief object of affection and as we have nothing of our own that is worthy of this devotion by a habitual delusion and self-deception practiced through the imagination the self-love of the soul appropriates many things to herself that do not belong to her which though they may be true in their right place and with their right owner are not true in the soul that lays claim to them does any man doubt asks lord bacon that if there were taken out of men's minds vain opinions flattering hopes false valuations imaginations as one would and the like but it would leave the minds of a number of men poor shrunken things full of melancholy indisposition and unpleasing to themselves the light of truth which god makes to shine into the soul she will make her own light the rules of justice that she sees in her mind she will make her own justice the good things and beautiful qualities that she has anywhere seen or fancied she will make her own qualities into all that self-love thus gathers in fancy to herself she will put her own feelings and affections and though there is nothing solid in them to build her into being nothing but fiction and imagination nothing but the amorous affection with which she embraces these shadows in place of substance all this affection swells the soul with conceit of herself and of her assumed superiority thus looking to a self that is not real but imaginary and flattered by the fiction the true self with all its poverty want and weakness is lost sight of and the more this self-love is indulged the more is the soul blinded to her real condition and to the sense of her real good this self-love is not only fed by unjust appropriations that make her thoroughly dishonest as well as deluded it is also fed by grosser and baser elements by the animal senses and the appetites that move in them by temptations from the evil one and by many external acts and things from which self-love borrows flattery thus that consciousness of ourselves that is given to establish our individual nature and personality 
and for the sense of responsibility so that through our consciousness of our great wants and our appetite for what is better than we are we might move from ourselves to seek our true good in our true centre is turned by an enormous abuse of our faculties and free will into a disposition to make ourselves our centre and the centre and end of many things which like ourselves have their true centre and end in god thus inflated and inflamed by self-love and by the things that feed self-love this inflammation bursts into pride into the inordinate estimation and love of our own excellence that aspires in its blind folly to a false freedom and swells against the law and will of god against dependence on him against the authority he has constituted and in its excess even against god himself ignoring him and setting up this poor needy blinded creature as a god in his place the beginning of the pride of man is to fall off from god because his heart is departed from him that made him such was the fall of satan who was spiritually inflated with himself such was the fall of adam who was both spiritually and sensually inflated with himself the result of this virulent inflammation is blindness in the mind disorder in the faculties internal confusion and the loss of the divine gifts for god resists the proud and knoweth the proud afar off he can allow of no arrogant rivalry in a creature that depends on him for everything of no turning of his gifts against himself without leaving that creature to the desolateness of his disordered nature charity loves all good and through the love of the supreme good unites with all good pride separates from all good by separating from the supreme good hugo of st victor has explained this very clearly these are his words as all good is derived from the supreme good the good we have exists less in the soul than in god from whom the soul derives that good but he who seeks his delight in some detached part of what is good as if it were exterior to and independent of the supreme good whilst he perversely strives to separate that part from the whole for the sake of making it his own exclusive possession he incurs the loss of all the proud will that in the perverse affection of appropriating what she can to herself would cut off the part communicated to herself from the whole supreme good that is so infinitely beyond her reach destroys its life and beauty like separating a faculty from the mind a limb from the body a ray of light from the sun or a streamlet from the fountain the part dries up ceases to shine or expires or more truly in this case the gift of god is withdrawn and its former influence dies out by degrees if not all at once amort has very accurately defined pride as an inordinate appreciation and false estimate of our own excellence 
it is an excess above and beyond the measure of what we are against all truth and justice it is more than an appetite for perverse exaltation as st augustine observes it is a perverse imitation of god the proud man not only claims an excellence he does not possess but he dislikes the dominion of god and hates equality with other men loving to assert his own dominion over them in place of god's dominion pride therefore is equally opposed to humility and to magnanimity to humility in refusing subjection to god and to magnanimity in aiming at great things in a false and disorderly way notwithstanding its brave show pride is really pusillanimous and especially so in spiritual things because it is hollow within having no spiritual support whilst the humble are brave because they have the inward support of grace and justice the proud can swell but not endure they have a fear of spiritual power and from their very hollowness and imaginativeness are easily intimidated pride not only refuses subjection to god but turns from god and is adverse to god whilst claiming an excellence that belongs to god alone and a primal dominion over his creatures that essentially belongs to god we see then how pride is a perverse imitation of god it is therefore that delicto maximum that sin of sins that dereliction or forsaking of god from which david prayed to be free who he asks can understand sins from my secret ones cleanse me o lord and from those of others spare thy servant if they shall have no dominion over me then shall i be without spot and i shall be cleansed from the greatest sin psalm eighteen verses thirteen and fourteen this delictum maximum this greatest sin is the pride that constitutes the malice of every sin the first to enter the soul the last to leave the soul linked in the secret depths of the soul with the fuel of all sin so that when the soul is completely cleansed from this greatest sin she is immaculate because the whole malice of sin is in pride what makes pride the greatest sin is not the conversion to evil of the will created good but the aversion of the will from god this st thomas has explained in the following terms in other sins a man turns from god through ignorance or weakness or the desire of some other good but pride has an aversion to god from unwillingness to be subject to him or to his rule as boethius says all vices fly from god but pride alone rises in opposition to god for this reason god resists the proud that aversion to god which is but a consequence in other sins belongs to pride as its first principle and this makes its acts a contempt of god st ambrose expresses the same truth in more vivid terms on the words of the psalm the proud man did iniquity altogether he says man's greatest sin is pride 
and from this as from its origin all sin has flowed with this weapon the devil struck and wounded us for had man never listened to the serpent's persuasion and wished to be as god the inheritance of this deadly guilt had never been transmitted to us why do i limit the case to man the devil also lost the grace of his nature through pride when he said i will set my throne above the clouds i will be like to the most high then fell he from the fellowship of the angels and after condemnation to the punishment due to his crime he sought to make man a partaker with him and to transfuse into him the fellowship of his offence what can be worse than the sin that begins with insulting god for this reason the scripture says that god repels the proud he repels the contumely against him he takes up his special war against the proud as though he said this is my adversary this sin is aimed at me this is my cause end of lecture eleven part one